What is up? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday and I'm fired up. Come on, let your hair down a little bit. We're heading into the weekend and I have a conversation for you. I am joined by Matthew at Uberflip. He is one of the most insightful dudes that I have met. I love his mindset when it comes to creating content, coming into a new organization, the process that he's went through to get up to speed and then also begin to implement the right kind of change in a content program that's already super successful. You're gonna wanna check out this conversation. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you tell a marketing pal about the 3C Podcast. Let's go. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited. I am joined by a content marketer who is doing some big things at a brand that I'm sure you all know. I'm joined by Matthew DeRosier, who's the director of content marketing at Uberflip. We're going to talk about steps to take when evaluating your content marketing strategy. We're going to get into that, dig into it. It's going to be fun. But without further ado, Matthew, how are you? I'm doing great, Brett. Thanks for having me today. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think maybe just from for, for context setting for the audience, maybe just give a brief and background just on like your professional work. I think uh, just in when we talked originally, kind of your background interested me a lot. And then how you ended up at Uberflip and kind of how long you've been there. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I started off my career as a journalist, you know, working in community news. I pretty quickly worked into editorial duties and became managing editor of a couple of newspapers uh, in cottage country here in Ontario. Had a blast doing it, really loved it. But at some point I decided I wanted to move into the city and, and take a different path for my career. And, you know, that's when I decided to, uh, to try my hand in, in content marketing. And, you know, I'm fortunate that my first opportunity took a chance on me because I, I didn't really have any you know, traditional marketing background. They just, they were looking for someone to come in and help build out, you know, some content for them. And with my background being as it was, you know, very familiar with tailoring content to audiences and understanding, you know, what an audience needs, taking complex ideas and putting it down into core messaging, that type of thing. And so they took a chance on me and, and brought me aboard. And that, that kind of started my marketing career. I was there for five and a half years and I built a, I ended up building out their content strategy, their comms uh, strategies, their, their messaging, you know, built processes internally and how to leverage our SMEs and all those types of things. And it was quite a great experience, went through some rapid growth and really kind of, you know, cut my teeth there. But I got to this point where I was, you know, looking for a new opportunity as, as we all do and, and, and new ways to learn and challenge ourselves. And so when I saw the opportunity at Uberflip, I, I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. You know, Uberflip is a is a cool company where you know our product is legit. We're helping marketers take their content, turn it into incredible content experiences that you can leverage for you know for great business outcomes, accelerating the buyer's journey, and 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 really giving people giving buyers the content that they need that's relevant to them. And I thought you know that resonates with me. That's exciting and you know, marketing, a marketing product to a marketing team, you know, comes with its own set of challenges. So I couldn't pass it up. And uh, I made the move about three months ago. So I would have been, that would have been what, June, July. I haven't looked back since it's been, it's been a great ride so far. That's awesome. And, and we're going to dig into that before, before we do, you know, I talked to so many content marketers and 
a, a larger percentage of them come from, Hey, I was a journalist. I've got this journalism yeah. background. And to me, like a lot of those individuals have really stepped into their organizations, kind of progressed their career through content marketing, leveled up. And I've just been like, it's something I had never thought about until, you know, I started talking to content marketers weekly. But what do you think it is about that background and skill set that translates well over to the kind of B2B content marketing space? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I've been thinking about this too, after our conversation before, just, you know, what is it? And I, I think I kind of landed on this idea of just, you know, natural curiosity. So a good journalist is someone who's always asking, you know, why, how, how does that work? Why does it, why is this happening? You know, going out, finding that information, coming back, distilling it down into something, you know, tangible, that's clear and, and suited to the audience and delivering that. And so when it comes to, you know, transitioning into a content marketing role, uh, it's really quite natural. You know, I mean, for me, if I go back to when I first made that change, my first two or three weeks was just interviewing. I just leaned on my my journalism background. I went to all of our SMEs. I went to our, excuse me, our sales team. I went to the other marketers and I just sat down and I legit just interviewed them. But I asked them questions about marketing. Like I remember sitting down with our email marketer and asking her, what is email marketing? I don't know what automation is. <laughs> what are you doing in, in HubSpot? Like, what is that thing? And I just had this curiosity to learn and learn and learn. I was fortunate that my my wife was back at at our at our old town. She hadn't made the move yet, so I was able to just put in a lot of late nights and do a lot of that that grinding to learn. But from a just leveling up perspective, I think we have a natural natural curiosity that lends itself well to wanting to learn new things. We have a good handle, or, or at least we all develop our own process. Maybe is a better way to say it to take things that are maybe foreign to us and and learn how to figure out what that is and how to work with that with that. You know, in journalism, there's an ongoing debate, and maybe this is going too deep, but there's an ongoing debate around, hey, if you're covering uh, the tech beat, do you need to be a tech fanatic? If you're covering sports, do you, do you need to be a sports person? And my side of that debate is always, no, if you're a good journalist, you can figure out how to report on that beat. That's what makes you good at your job. You don't have to be a doctor to report on the health industry, right? Or the medical industry. So I think that's probably, if I had to distill it down to one thing, I'd say that curiosity is, is kind of what lends itself well. And then of course, you know, content creation, understanding audiences, understanding messaging, knowing how to structure content to resonate with your audience. All of those things obviously play an important part too. Yeah. The research component, curiosity, it's the stuff that's maybe not the most, it's not flashy, but it's the foundational work. I think that we all have to do as content people in order to effectively create content that's going to kind of cut through the noise and be something that's going to be helpful to someone else. So I love that. So I want to dig into you are content marketer joining Uberflip, who's a company who does has a content marketing product. Uberflip is a company that with a couple of years ago, without even knowing exactly what Uberflip did, it got my attention based on Randy, co-founder, CMO's book that came out. I was at a point in my career where, you know, trying to explain the value of content to people that yeah. aren't necessarily content or marketing people. And I, I saw some headlines, saw some tweets and saw the book and started, you know, consuming it. And for me, it was like, wow, this is like a piece of content that speaks to a problem that I currently have as a marketer. So with that, like, 
content brought me in, trust was kind of built and developed. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had this great brand recognition of, of Uberflip and what Uberflip stood for and, and what Uberflip was as a company before I, you know, even really understood what the product did. So for you in that story that I just shared, you're coming in and obviously there's more people like me who, who have seen Uberflip and read the book or seen the articles and have this good brand affinity for, for the company. You're going into this and like, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you trying to solve problems? Are you trying to reset things? Like I'd love to, to understand kind of like your current state assessment on just the interviews in the process that you went through. Well, hey, first off, kudos to the marketing team that was there a couple of years ago, because clearly they did their job well. If that worked exactly <laughs> yeah, totally. they should have. Um, yeah, you know, that's a great question too, Brett. We're, we're in this transition point right now. So what you're doing, you know, what you described, there was a time where, Nick, let me back up a little bit. Uberflip is a category creator. Okay. So content experience five years ago, wasn't a thing. It was an idea and it was something that our founders were building towards and were pounding the pavement on and educating. Today, it's, an, it's recognized by analysts like Forrester as a legit category. And so we are category creators and it's great. We went through this period of having to educate people. So they would come in to us and say, okay, what are you doing? You're a content experience platform. What is that? And we had to tell them what is content experience? What is this thing? How do you, you know, like, why, why do I care? Why, how is it different than what I'm doing? How is it different from a CMS? Well, what we're seeing now is, okay, now people are understanding. They're coming into us and they know what content experience is. And the question is shifting from what is a content experience to, okay, how do I use this thing? Because it sounds dynamic. It sounds awesome. Or how do I prepare? Like, I, I want to buy Uberflip. I want to do content experiences, but I'm like six months out. How do I prepare today to be ready for this in six months so I can do this thing in 2022, right? So the conversations that we're having at the outset today are different than they were. And I'm coming in right in this transition period. So what's cool for me is I've inherited a really successful program. And what we're trying to move towards now is to capitalize on that curiosity to say, okay, now that you know what content experience is, let's, we, I mean, we wrote the book, legit. So let's help you understand where you can apply this now and how you can get the most out of your content experiences against whatever outcome that you have. So we've almost shifted away from, I shouldn't say away, we're still doing it, but our focus is no longer so much on educating around the category. It's about inspiring buyers what they can do with it. And in that vein, we're, we're spinning up a new sort of content program to leverage our own SMEs, which incidentally are the marketing team, to create some of that content, to you know, engage in more interactive events like workshops, to try to like level people up with how they can how they can leverage their content experiences with whatever outcome they have. Another cool thing I'll, I'll just sort of mention is, you know, I use the word inspire on purpose because some of our customers are inspiring us. They're using our product in ways that maybe we, like we knew it was capable, but it wasn't like we didn't envision that when we built it. And then they're coming to us and saying, hey, we're doing this thing. How can we tweak it? And we're going, wow, it's blowing my mind. Like that's super cool what you're doing there. So Again, for us right now, it's more about that inspiration piece. It's more about helping people take what they know and applying it to their program. We're fortunate that now the category is starting to get established and we don't have to do as much of the education as we used to. So, so you're, you're coming in three months in. Obviously, there is, I'm sure, 
you know, the whole recruitment or interview process as you're going through this before you, you kind of sign on the dotted line to say, I'm going to be the director of content marketing at Uberflip. Did you have an understanding that this was the need in the direction that this content program needed to be a spit spun up, or was it a part of your interview process where you unveiled that this was a need and a requirement and something that you wanted to lead the charge on? Yeah. Um, so as part of my, so when I went through the interview process and I, yeah, I talked to some people about Uberflip, I was aware of the, of the shift that was happening, but I, I can't say that I knew out of the gate that, you know, where we were going to go with our content when I started. And I guess there's two reasons for that. One is I just have a fundamental belief that you shouldn't just come in and immediately say, I'm going to have all these ideas. Let's do them on day one. That doesn't mean you don't do prep work and you don't, you know, come in with some, you know, ideas that you want to explore. But certainly I wasn't coming in saying, you know what, we have to be SMEs and we have to, you know, inspire buyers on how they're going to use content experiences. Like that wasn't how that went down. And I think the, the other reason was I was still unveiling, you know, the full scope of what the product really was capable of. So Uberflip has been going through a shift in, in messaging. So I, I'm like you, I was, I've been familiar with Uberflip for a while, but over the last year, I hadn't really checked in with them. And we've gone through a bit of a rebrand, a bit of a messaging shift. And our, our product has evolved in a way that we can really target specific use cases now, whereas before that wasn't what they were really focused on in their messaging. And so once I dug in and started to understand, you know, what was being built out, what our position was in the market, and then, you know, where, what our current state was as a content team, I was able to start on, on the kind of pulling away the layers and seeing, okay, this is maybe where we want to start to go. And that was a process. Like when I, when I got in, I went through about a month and a half of interviews of just with everyone in the organization from finance to sales, to HR, to CS. I just went on a big fact finding exploratory mission to understand, you know, what's happening here and where can we sort of help move the needle? Yeah. So you, you put on your journalism cap and it started interviewing people and talking to people. And I think that's really smart. And there are so many content people that are joining new companies every day. Content marketing is growing. People are moving around. And I think just to call out like you coming in, doing your research and not trying to implement right away, but like making those connections and having those conversations and, you know, building a level of trust, I would imagine throughout the entire organization. Um, those things, those types of things, I think matter for new people and uh, just so everyone kind of understands where you're coming from and what you're looking to achieve. You mentioned a bunch of different functions and functional groups you spoke to in your interview process. I'm curious, like, was there a, a aha moment during this process? Was there a, like a light bulb went off where someone said something and you're like, all right, maybe that I'm that that's going to lead me to a direction or was it a culmination of ideas? Like talk me through, through the interviews a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first couple of interviews I went through were you're, were pretty standard, right? It was like, you know, tell me about your background. Tell me, you know, your, your thoughts on marketing and, and all that. And that was great. I got to meet some people on the team and, and one of them asked me like, Matt, tell me about, you know, what do you think is the, the next, like the big future vision for content marketing? And, and that kind of set me back a little bit because it wasn't what I was expecting as a question from, you know, from someone on the team. And, and, that got me excited because I thought to myself, okay, 
One, I don't know if my question, I don't know if my answer made any sense, right? I just, this is what I'm thinking, but you know, these are my thoughts on it. But two, you know, this may sound a little corny, but I'm sitting here going, if these are the types of conversations I get to have on a regular basis, that's exciting, right? It's like, if you're passionate about something and you get to sit down and have real deep, meaningful conversations that challenge you and force you to really think and, and dive into something, that's exciting. As opposed to just being, hey, what, what kind of content are we going to do uh, next month? Right. So that got me going. And then I um, and then they gave me a case study and, and the case study was all about, you know, content strategy and, and how are you going to understand our buyers and how you're going to tailor this and what does that mean for you and all those things. And as I presented it to them uh, a few days later, I saw that there was an alignment of ideas. And what I liked about it is that some of what I presented was a challenge to not in a bad way, but was a challenge to what was happening today. And they were open to being like, okay, let's explore that and let's dive in. And right then and there, I knew that this was a team that I was going to be able to come in and respectfully push the envelope. That's what they want. They want someone to come in and and help level up. And to do that, you have to challenge. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But if you do it in a respectful way, and if you collaborate with the people you're doing it with and get them involved in it, it can be exciting. And so... that was that was the moment where I because I had I actually had something else I was working on as well, and that was the moment where I selected Uberflip and said, "No, this is where I want to be." Uh, that's that's amazing, and it really comes down to that. It's like the environment, uh, the people wanting to be in a place where you can kind of push the envelope, uh, pitch your creative ideas, and challenge the status quo. So I love hearing that. I want to dive into a topic just regarding kind of when we spoke, you know, a month ago, we're talking about kind of this B2B and B2C thing that's going on. And, you know, there's a lot of messaging and I'll put us in, in, in that bucket where, you know, we're, we're messaging out to, you know, wanting to create more B2C experiences, wanting to make B2B more exciting. And you were like one of the first people I spoke with and you, and, and you, you made it known. You're like, you know what, like all that stuff is good, but like, don't forget like B2B is B2B for a reason. So I'd love for you to maybe like talk about just your perspective there, especially joining a new company, like B2B, B2C, like how as content people should we be thinking about the work we're doing from those two lenses? Yeah. So this is a, this is a a one we go down a rabbit hole on for sure. So I guess, I mean, let's just start with this old, the, the gap closing between the expectations of a B2C and B2B buyer. Like, of course, right. You know, you go in your, you go in your personal life and you, you go on Amazon and it's presenting you all the things that you, you know, tend to buy or based off your shopping history, here's stuff you want. I mean, heck, sometimes they'll just ship it to you and say, here, we think you want this, you know, have at her. Um, you go to put on Netflix and they're serving up movies that you can just binge and watch because it's all stuff that you like, or, Spotify will create six different playlists based off of your play, your, your music listening history. And that's fantastic because I've found new music through that. Like, I love it. And so you have this experience in your personal life and you think, okay, well, I'm going to go into work and why can't I have the same experience at work? And we've caught on to that. And we're all trying to, to ride that wave and say, okay, through our marketing, how do we give that experience? And at Uberflip, that's a core piece of our message, right? Let's help you binge on this content that's going to help you get to a buying decision. But here's where I think the disconnect happens sometimes and and where we just need to be careful is that, you know, you said it, B2B is still B2B. So the, for me as a, as a consumer, I I want to be entertained. I'm the only one I need to satisfy. 
So Netflix kind of has it easy, right? They're like, okay, well, we know what Matt likes. He likes 1980s, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. So here's the whole, here's the whole album. Have at it. Great. But if I want to go and buy a software, I'm not buying for me, right? I got to satisfy my executive. I have to satisfy a budget requirement. I have to talk to implementation teams. I need to do a whole ton of research, right? And uh, not, sorry, not just research, but a whole ton of requirements gathering and satisfying those requirements. And it's complicated. And so, sure, like you know something about me as a buyer and you can serve me relevant content all day long. But if you're not keeping in mind what I actually need to get to the end, then you know you're you're not you're not really accomplishing anything. So I guess if I had to sum that up, maybe in a way that's a bit more clear, binging is great. We want people to binge on content, but we want them to binge on carrots, not ice cream. We want them to binge on things that are going to help them through this complex journey they have, not just entertain them for twenty articles that helps them be better writers. Well, that's cool, but that's not going to get them where they need to go. So that's where I think I, I hear when I hear people talk about it, you know, it's like, oh, well, that, you're right. Like, yes, it needs to be relevant content. It needs to be, you know, you need to serve them the stuff that they care about. But we still have to remember that they have a journey that they're on. And our job as content marketers is to help them through the journey. It's not just to pad our stats of how many things that they've read because it's irrelevant. It's relevant content to them. That's so good. So in this scenario, and I, I believe it, man, I'm on board with what you just said. And I know the complexity of buying a B2B product and the stakeholders involved in the process and how, you know, the traditional way, right? You go through the SDR, then, you know, you get to a salesperson, you, you pretty much already have your mind made up based on your own research. You're just making sure that the salesperson isn't a complete ass on the other end and does their job and facilitates and takes you through. And you get to that point, you find out the price and you're like, all right, like, I know this can help me out. I think the price is within my, our budget. Now what? And the now what is the, I think what's often missed, but it's the empowering the individual that you're working with to make sure that they have what they need to sell internally yes. the tool and how it's going to not only impact their role, but help you know, impact the business. So I'd love maybe just to understand what can we do as, as content marketers? What can we do to make sure that that buyer, when they're ready, has the tools and has what they need to have those conversations across functions? Yeah. So that's a big one because it touches on a lot of different things. So indulge me while I just kind of, while I just kind of run through my thoughts here. At the outset, the very highest level, you need to just know your buyer and know their journey. You need to map that thing, right? You know, at Uberflip, you'll find a lot of content that we create around mapping content to the buyer's journey. Um, I ran a webinar on this last month on doing content audits so you know what you have and making sure you have the full scope. A lot of times we get stuck in this mindset that, you know, and, and maybe even this is, maybe this is something to touch on really quick too, is just, I'm going back and forth here. Sorry, Brett, but the idea that you don't work in a silo, that you're not just marketing, you're not just content, right? Going back to this, you have multiple stakeholders and factoring in the entire journey when you think about what you're doing from a content perspective. So if your, if your vision for content, your content strategy begins and ends with, I've generated a lead, I've handed it off to sales, you are missing the boat. 
right? You're not doing your full job. And you can fall into that trap very easily if the only metrics you look at, for example, are like engagement or traffic metrics on your, on your blog, okay? You need to go beyond that. And so then you need to talk to your sales team. You need to understand, okay, so what do you do after? So we hand this off to you. What are you guys doing? What conversations are you having? So you need to have that full understanding. You need to know what that journey looks like. So then we go back to this idea of knowing your buyer, knowing their journey, knowing what, what hoops they have to jump through. So if you're buying Uberflip, for example, I know who you need to get budget from. I know, you know, the questions that we're getting asked from our, you know, from the IT teams of these, of these prospects. I need to make sure that I'm covering those things so that when they get to sales and, and sales can say, here's a package for you guys, right? Here's everything that you need to know right up front. And if we aren't regularly touching base with our, our sales team or our customer team, and if we just stay within the marketing bubble, we're going we're gonna to lose opportunities to, to help through that last step. And it becomes clunky and hard. So we talked about already how buying is complex. The best thing that we can do as content marketers, the best value that we can provide at the end of the day is to make the buyer's journey easy. If you make it easy, you win. It's that simple. Because the minute it gets hard, they're going to go to someone else who makes it easy. And you don't have a, you don't have a large window of time to engage with them. They only, they only give you their attention for a small window of their time. So, and we know this, right? This is well researched and documented. We know this to be true. So you have to make sure that when you have their attention, you're capitalizing on it. You got to make it easy. So talk to your sales teams, talk to your CS teams, work in a collaborative manner to make sure that you have all this covered and don't just rely on your top funnel metrics to tell you how your content's performing. You need to look beyond. Anyone listening out there, I hope you had your notepad out because that is how you level up your content marketing career and are viewed in an organization, not just as a content marketer or someone who creates content, but as a strategic resource. So that's really great stuff. I appreciate you unpacking that and sharing it. Maybe we close out with this. I think another thing that stood out to me when we originally talked was just this conversation regarding you know relevance and why it matters more today than volume. I've been on record mostly because I've been influenced by a bunch of other smart people that the the volume game is is outdated. It's it's ancient, and we need to get away from that as as marketers. So quantity, quality. I'd love to get your thoughts on on how we should be thinking about it as content people. One of the first things that I look at when, well, I should say one of the first things that I, I address when I'm talking to other content marketers and I say, well, how do you, like, why do you plan out your content? Well, I need to have five blogs a month. Right away, I challenge. So why do you need to have five blogs a month? What is that doing for you, right? Why are we measuring on volume? It doesn't matter, right? There is something to be said for currency and for staying on top of trends and for people coming to your blog and seeing that it's fresh, you don't want to look stale. Like, yes, I understand that. But if volume is how you gauge your success, if you're, if you, if you work with an agency and you measure your agency's performance based on how many assets they provided you, right? You're doing it wrong. And maybe that's too strong a statement. Maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe in your context, you know, maybe it works for you, but Volume isn't what really matters here. You should be measuring on outcomes, right? You should be saying, what am I trying to do with my content? And how is my content helping me to get there? So when we talk about, I'll go back to this boring idea of a content audit. When we talk about content audits, the reason I say they're so important 
is because you're going to go through your library and you're going to say, oh my goodness, I have a thousand content pieces. Okay. Why do you have so many? What are you, what are they doing for you? And then you start going through and you, and you, you apply, I call them gatekeeper metrics that just are things that raise flags for me to say, is this doing what I needed to do or not? And then I dive in and I start to just cut the things that aren't helping me. And the reason I do that is very, is very straightforward. It's like we said just a minute ago, you have a small window of time with people's attention. Anything that isn't helping you directly is noise. Noise causes people to leave, right? You don't have that luxury. So everything in your library needs to be working for you. If you focus on volume, inevitably you lose focus, you lose relevance. You start to just create content for the sake of creating content. And oftentimes it's probably an indication that you're working in some kind of silo and you're just creating content because you think it's good. Those are all red flags. Really what you should be looking at, at least in my opinion, for what it's worth, is what content do I have that's generating the outcomes that I want? And if it's not doing that, it's got to go or we need to revisit it to make it relevant. But it certainly can't just be based on volume. That just becomes extra stuff that people have to sort through. And not just your buyers, right? Think about your internal teams that have to use your content and sort through a library of a thousand assets to find the thing, the right thing, the exact content piece they're going to they're need to close that deal or that they're going to need for that ABM campaign. Like, are you kidding? It, it becomes just extra stuff they have to wade through. It just weighs them down. Instead, have a lean, mean content machine. How about that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to close it out, Matthew. I love the <laughs> thoughts covered. You joining Uberflip, kind of your process, background, thoughts on volume, you know, B2B, B2C. We covered a lot of ground in a little time. I know everyone out there is going to enjoy this one. Before I let you go, you're a content person. You're a marketer. You got to plug something. What's going on at Uberflip? Where, where can we send people? Oh, yeah, that's great. So I guess I'd say go, check us out, uberflip.com. We are releasing a brand new feature at the end of September. We're calling it data enrichment. For anyone who's in any, any content marketers, we are, our analytics are getting so good that we're able to completely tie into your automation platform and give you unprecedented insight into who specifically is engaging with your content, not aggregate data. I can now tell you names, job titles, industries, I can tell you all of the fields that you look at in your Marketo program. I can map it directly to your content performance, which is something that for me, um, I've never been able to see before in an easy, non-manual way. So if you only get you know, a few minutes to check us out, please, uberflip.com, take a look at what we can do for you uh, and make sure you check out our analytics. You're going to love it. Matthew, thanks so much. Everyone go check out Uberflip. Check out the work Matthew and team are doing. Thanks so much for the passion. Thanks so much for the insight. Learned a ton. Take care. Tons of insights, tons of knowledge there. If you haven't already, go check out his contribution in the ebook that we dropped this week. Guy's a wealth of knowledge. I love his mindset. If you like what I'm doing, hit the subscribe button. Go sign up for the juice. Enjoy your frictionless content experience today. It's free. Enjoy the weekend. I'll get out of here. More 3C podcasts next week. Yeah.